Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome to Jump Scare, I'm Betty. <laughs> wow, and I'm Shad. <laughs> this week we're covering Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. to play bodies, bodies, bodies. Yes! Oh my god! Does anybody have service? Yeah. yeah. I'm a hot girl. Hot girl, rich girl. Guys, I get so stressed out every time we play this. Someone always ends up crying. Just wanna... <laughs> so how do you play? If you draw the piece of paper that has the X on it, you are the murderer. Everyone else has to avoid being killed. What is that? Say next to you want one? Yeah. What is happening? Our friend is dead. So if you could just like not escalate this situation, that I'm not escalating. You're holding the knife and you're moving your hands while you talk. That would be so fucking obvious if I were the killer. David. More. You're always gaslighting me. So you fucking trigger me. You are so toxic. Relax, relax. You're silencing me. Is that all you got, motherfucker? Did you just fucking shoot me? I can't believe you're making this about you. What are the features that you're bringing? Well, I just look like I fuck. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I look like I, I fuck. And that's the vibe I like to put out there. Yeah. I, 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 yes. So this is going to be a spoiler cast. Woo, 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 woo. Insert wah-wah music here. Yeah, the crazy sound effects. Yes, not the gas station for those of you that know what that is. So... Uh, this is not a horror film. I'm just going to throw it out there. It is labeled as a horror comedy. I say it's more of a... Uh, I was going to say psychological thriller. It's definitely not a psychological thriller. It's more of kind of a black comedy kind of thing. Yeah. But it's really kind of a drama comedy. A little bit of suspense. But it's it's kind of a mixed bag of things. It's all over the place. It wasn't what I was expecting from an A24 film. Yep. It is. It is to me. I'm going to tell you why. Because the way there's certain... Sh there's a lot of shots that are very beautiful. And when I saw those shots, I knew... I was like, this is A24. Because that's what they're all about. That and there's a whole thing with how the lighting is when it's dark with the cell phones, like the cell phone lighting that adds to the thing. So that's very art, arty, you know? Just, that's how you know that it's an A24 film. That's and the only... It, with me, the A24 part of it was like, hey, it's a bunch of people in an isolated location that looks pretty cool, and then weird, creepy shit starts happening. That's The Witch, that's all their kind of, like, films is like... There's people in an isolated location and weird shit happens to them. 
and it gets creep progressively weirder or creepier, and we're A24, thanks. So a bunch of 20, uh, affluent 20-year-olds are in a family, a remote family mansion, which was actually, it looked very tropical, and you're thinking, oh, there's somewhere tropical because there's, they're stuck in this mansion because there's a hurricane. But it was actually filmed in Terrytown, which, New York, which is a.k.a. Sleepy Hollow. Um, so that's where I was kind of confused by the location. Like, where are they that they're going up a mountain, but they're in a hurricane, too? Well, news alert, there was a hurricane in New York within the last, like, what, four years? Yeah. So it's not that far off the realm, because now hurricanes, they're taking it up a notch. And they're like, we're moving on up from Florida and Georgia and everything that's on the fucking coastline. We just going all the way up to New York now. It's like Sharknado. It's just become the hurricanes are actually killers now. They're slashers. <laughs> There's a movie. That's the movie. The hurricanes actually. The I know, it just seemed pretty far inland to me for the hurricane, but I, I guess it's possible up that far. But you just don't hear about it that often. Well, that's why they never mention where they actually are, and there's just a lot of greenery everywhere. Like it, I, I was like, oh, okay, this this place looks like there could be a hurricane. So I I went with it. <laughs> I went with it. The house, um, Shad pointed out that actually it has to be a hotel or something because there's what house has exit signs, and <laughs> yeah, I, I especially can't believe that rich nitty people have battery operated exit signs hanging up over the doors in places. I'm like, where? You would think they would have edited that out. That very low budget Tubi movie that we talked to the director of when we saw the screener of that movie. At the haunted house they were supposed to be at, the screener had like markings on it saying like, remove light fixture here, remove, you know, outlet, remove exit sign. It had things marked there that they were going to remove and post so it would look like they were in a haunted house instead of like wherever they were actually filming it. Factory. <laughs> you would think that this place would have done the same thing and been like, oh, we should probably take the battery operated exit sign. Just turn it off. It's dark. No one will notice. Just turn it off or freaking erase it, blend it in fucking Adobe Photoshop or some shit. Do something. Because why was that there? And I'm going to tell you, I've seen every season, okay, of Rojas Wives. And none of those rich people have no fucking exit signs in their house. So this is not a thing. Yeah. This is definitely not a thing. So this was a hotel or a, a giant, like, museum or something somewhere that they were filming in while it was closed, you know? This is the uh, Derek... Territorial debut, English territorial debut for Helena Rain. I forgot to look it up. I'm sorry. It's fine. That's what we're going to go with. And uh, it was written by five different people, three (laughs) ladies um, and two guys. Um, So there's a lot of writing. You would think that would make the writing choppy, but the writing was pretty decent. It was believable for 20-year-olds. Yeah. Um, to be speaking like this, it, this is definitely uh, Gen Z. Especially the rich, entitled, attention-seeking uh, 20-year-olds that they were. Yes. And that's where the movie, uh, that's like the whole thing of the movie. Yeah, this is like if everyone that you despise on TikTok and Instagram got together and was in a house at one time. This is what it would be like. Yeah, the whole movie's just like... Influencers, Instagram and TikTok influencers get together and decide to have a party. And they kind of all hate each other. Which, surprise, they probably would. 
Yes, they probably would. And they're only friends because their family, their families are probably friends. You know, they all live in within that lifestyle community. And at least, you know, we know the majority of them do. And, you know, you have one character that's new. You have two characters that are actually strangers to the group. So the whole thing is kind of, I would say it was on a psychological level because even though it's there isn't any technical horror and we're not going to really, I don't want to really give, I mean, I, I did say we were going to have a spoiler cast, but we got to save some mystique. But nevertheless, it's not, uh, it's, it's not what we thought. Like the way that this is edited in the trailer, whatever you, at first I thought it was going to be kind of like, this is like the Gen Z ready or not. Or like the Gen Z kind of scream type thing. I thought they were going to be very like. No, nah, I wouldn't say scream because in scream, at least there's a killer. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is ah. it, it makes it look like there's an actual killer in the movie, you know, uh, you know, it's not. It presented on the trailer as kind of like a traditional slasher, but with all the characters are very hip, you know, Instagram, TikTok kind of people, and you're like, okay, that would be fun to watch them get, you know, a slasher work their way through that. But then when you see the movie, it's something a little different than that, and that's kind of where I was taken aback because I thought it was going to be more of, like I said, a traditional slasher, but with updated character types. You were going to have the same kind of, you know, the you probably have like the rich snob, the virgin, that kind of stuff, but it was going to be updated for to now to reflect, you know, this is going to be the TikTok person that she's, you know, got a cult on there about her virginity and how she's saving it. And all the religious people are after her, but yet like she's really doing cocaine and all this stuff in person. That's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. They really didn't get into like the, each person didn't meet like a specific thing. They kind of all were just all terrible. <laughs> And and they're and they were all like kind of like on the same shtick, you know. Very well. Part of it was, you know, I think we've all been a part of that group at some point where you, whoever you're dating, takes you to meet all their friends, and you don't know any of them, and you're that weird on the outside, just kind of sitting there going, "I don't get all these in jokes. I don't know what's happening," and you're just very awkward for a while. So that part of it was something I liked because we've all experienced that, you know. We've all had to go through that weekend or that evening or whatever with the people you don't know very well. And you're trying to, you know, make them like you, insert yourself into the conversations. And then the awkward feelings are on both sides. So, you know, we've all been there. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's just it, the one thing. There's one character, Greg. He's like the Tinder guy that this 20-year-old girl like hooks up with. And they've only known each other a couple of weeks, but yet she presents it like they've been together for months, you know. Uh, well, 2 weeks to a 20-something year old and some you're like seeing this person every day. That's like the equivalent of seeing someone for like 6 months. <laughs> like that's the, the like like oh my god, 2 weeks I dedicated my whole attention on one person for 2 weeks. That's a lot of effort right there. So it's kind of weird to see, like, uh, Greg be mixed in, you know, who's in his 40s, mixed in with this group of 20-year-olds because they're just, like, worlds apart. Like, and they make it... And, you know, he's, like, a cool, laid-back, like, 40-year-old. There was a lot of times where I thought, oh, shit, he's going to lose... He's going to flip his lid... Because we didn't really state who's really in the movie. The first, the two people that 
Like, one of them is, obviously, Pete Davidson's in the movie. <laughs> so, and the movie was funny. I think he, you know, his part, he was yeah, just being Pete. he did a good Pete, job in it. Yeah, for me, he was he was just Pete Davidson. Just, I, was he acting? I don't know. But he was, this is, this is a, which I guess that means that I see Pete Davidson to be very, very on the low end. So, I take that back. He was fine. He was very funny. Uh, he did a good job. And then you have a man law Steinberg who was Rue in the original Hunger Games. No, ah, didn't see that. So the other guy that I recognized was Greg, the Greg. older guy, because he's na- he's played by an actor named Lee Pace, and he's been in a couple of the Marvel movies. He played Ronan the Accuser in the Guardians of the Galaxy and in Captain Marvel. He also played in The Hobbit. He played one of the uh, one of the dwarves, which is funny because he's like seven feet tall in this movie. So yeah. So, you know, he's mostly known for being in makeup. That's why, like, he seemed familiar, but I couldn't pin down where he was while I was watching it because I'm used to seeing him in blue makeup or in, you know, dwarven makeup. So this group of friends, uh, they get together in this remote location because they're getting together because there's a hurricane coming and they're all going to, like, you know... Have a crazy Floridian hurricane party that, like, all of us crazy Florida people do. Negative. And not, um, fuck, I wish I was in a house like that. The house is fucking humongous, okay? It's massive. And even though they only show you, like, four rooms, I feel like, there is a lot of activity, like, on the main floor, and then that, like, weird purple room, and the hall, there was a lot of hallways, you know? Uh, and you know, they're all, they're doing coke and you have one that's trying, that has come back from rehab and she's just has motives on why she's back in the friend group because she has been gone for some time. She brings her new girlfriend in the mix. Then you got the Tinder date going on and then Pete Davidson and his girl, which they're have like a weird, you know, relationship. One guy that was there with his uh, girlfriend, he had left after the Kim and Pete Davidson got into a little bit of a fight. He had left the night before. Well, he's he's not going out. Max is not going out with anyone. He was in love with Emma. He confessed his love to Emma, Uh, which is Pete Davidson's girlfriend. Okay, I got it mixed up. That's why there's the fight between Pete Davidson and and, and, uh, Max. So, but yes... And that was part of it, too. Like, they kept thinking, oh, Max must have come back. That's where they were... You, they were kind of leading you to believe, like, maybe Max is doing this for a while. Yeah. This is a modern murder mystery uh, movie. And that's the whole thing. Who killed who? And, like, in all things, you know, you see it in Knives Out. You see it. It's Agatha Christie all over the place. Like, it's who done it. Why they do it, and when you're in the mix of that, there's going to be massive paranoia. Yep. You know, and they take the paranoia to the digital age because nowadays you can't hide your identity. If you are a person that cannot be found in the internet, you have fucking deep, dark secrets. There's something wrong with you because why isn't there something that says who you are? That's mad sus. Yeah, as soon as they can't find you on the internet, they're immediately suspicious of you. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, we are obviously not in our 20s. So, but I found the movie to be funny and fun, even though I was slightly disappointed in the end because it wasn't. But I have to broaden my 
you know, horizons, I guess. I, I, because I'm going in like, oh, this is going to be a slasher. But it, it wasn't a slasher. And you really don't really see the majority of the kills as they happen. Actually, you don't really see, like, the last, last kill. It's, yeah, uh, it's cutaway. It happens off camera to kind of preserve the mystery of, like, who it is. Which is an interesting take because a lot of the slasher movies, even when... Like, even stuff like where they're trying to hide who it is, like in Clue, you see someone talking and then there's, like, hands that come and get them or something like that. Yeah. So, they, they just, everything, most of the murders happen off camera. That way you have no clue whatsoever who's doing it. I really like the whole uh, cell phone camera and also the glow sticks um, because that kept up with, I would say, kind of like the horror element, the lighting of it all. And, you know, you're in this big place, you know, there's whole, you can't go outside. The loss of the cell phone was obviously totally believable because if there's a hurricane, you're not going to have cell phone uh, reception and then your lights are going to go out. So the hurricane actually is its own <laughs> is its own character because without the hurricane it the whole thing wouldn't be believable. Yeah, because without the hurricane, as soon as the first thing happened where somebody turned up dead, they would have just even if the car didn't start, they would have just walked off down the road. Yeah. Or they would have called for help. And there's a lot of things if you've watched enough, enough movies in your lifetime, you know the certain things that happen in the movie, they're going to have a play later in the movie. There's a lot of foreshadowing that happens right at the beginning. Yeah, as soon as she like this is one of the things that I was like, "Oh, that's going to come into play later." As soon as the one girl went back to the car and pulled the little pulled the mirror down, turned the lights on and was fixing her makeup and then left and left the lights on. I'm like, "Well, that's how the car is not going to start later when they need to get the hell out of here. And sure enough, when they were trying to get out, they went to start the car. And they're like, oh, shit, the battery's dead. Who left the mirror on? For some reason, because I may have missed dialogue or maybe they just skipped over that completely, there's literally like seven or eight people in this house. No one fucking has a car. The they only- said Max dropped, picked them all up at the airport and dropped them all off there. Uh, and he took the only other car and left. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They said it really quickly at one point because when she said, "Well, what? Who? How did you guys get here? Don't you have a car?" So said, they no, all Max, just, Max picked us up. So they all left the states, cities, areas where they were going to be mad safe, where they were in an airport. So they were in another state. Yeah. They left their homes to go into the eye of the devil. Yes. Just so they can have a coked up party. In a fucking hurricane? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's a that totally went over my head. I did not that's a lot. Yeah, that's the kind of people they are. They just want to be trapped in this hurricane party. And I have never I've seen a lot of drinking games in my life, but I've never seen one where you have to take a shot and then slap the person next to you in the face. Yeah, slap what'd you call it? Slap shot? Slap shot. Yeah, I'm like, Oh, okay. Do you play this game with people you hate? Because I feel like you wouldn't want this would turn your friends into your enemies real quick when you have to slap them in the face every time you take a shot. You didn't hear that in the movie, right? They, you just made that up. No, I just made that up. That yeah. Was, the movie never explained what the point of the game was. They're just, take a shot, slap the person to the right of you. Because that's because the game that they're playing, which we totally skipped over, is literally the name of the movie. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Everyone goes through this whole ritual of slapping and taking a shot they all do it in a circle. Then they're done with that. Then they go off. They 
pick, uh, the, uh, you know, they have like an X on one of the papers. They draw the little paper. They go off and then they reveal who the, who the killer is. The killer goes and kills everybody that they can. But as you're walk, as everyone is walking around, if they find a body, they have to yell out bodies, 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 which I personally did the whole movie because it was very fun for me. <laughs> I was every time they found a body, I was like bodies, bodies, bodies. This is a variation on that game you've played before, like where they have you, like where one person is secretly the killer, and you wink. They wink and stuff like that. It's like except this one, since they're in the lights out, they have to tap you on the back and you're out. And then the body has to like just sit there while they try and question people and figure out who the killer is. Yeah. And so the backstabbing and hate ensues. As they say, that's the fun of it. You always get into a fight when you're figuring out who the killer is. Because everyone always gets into a fight. And then uh, and then supposedly, you know, certain characters have tells. And that's where, like, the big argument happens. Where, you know, you have characters that disperse the room. They leave the room. And then that's when the chaos ensues. Uh, once coincidentally once they break up right because you once you get divided in a situation like that you know something bad's gonna happen yeah and there's enough booze and coke and pills in this that nothing good's gonna happen when everybody's that high there's a lot of a lot of drugs and alcohol going around it's i'm amazed at their tolerance frankly yeah i know and pete davidson looks like a zombie he does not look good he looked really bad Purposely, I know here he has kind of like a dark circle thing, but he got he get he off screen he got punched in the face, so he has a black eye, one eye. But I'm like, what's the excuse for the other raccoon eye? I'm like, what's what's up with that? That's just <laughs> like Pete normal. Davidson. He needs some fucking iron, okay? Now he can't have now Kim K is not with them anymore, so now it's like I hope he hangs in there. Who's gonna be the next? I was gonna say victim. <laughs> Who's gonna be the next person in this man's life? Because. Woo! Yeah. It's a lot. Know. Maybe that's why he got the black eyes around his eyes. He's... Yeah, maybe that was just part of the... Uh, that he got punched in the face right before the movie started and they just decided to go with it. They're like, this is what's happening right now. I give the movie two and a half knives. Yeah, I'd go along with that. It's not terrible, but it's... Without giving away the ending, probably the ending's the best part of it when you figure out what's been going on this whole time. Yeah, it kind of... It kind of just ends... Yeah, and there's no resolution. If you're a move, if you're a, there's slight resolution, which you're like, oh my goodness, what? But there's not the kind of resolution that some might need to feel good after watching the movie. Like, oh, okay, all of this was, we know what's going to happen with these characters. It's kind of like an Agatha, if it was an Agatha Christie movie and she pointed the finger at someone and said, they did the crime. And they went, <sighs> And then that was the end of the movie. Fiend. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Black screen. <laughs> that's it. So it's kind of like that. Like I say, it's not the worst I've ever seen. It was interesting enough to watch, but I don't think I'll be going back to it again. You know. No, I'm definitely not going back. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch the first time. Maybe in a couple of years, if it happens to be on TV, maybe I'll leave it on. But it's nothing like, oh, this is like. Must see. A must see. I must see this movie. You know, I don't regret seeing it, but I, I I, won't be going back. So, yeah, we both give it two and a half knives. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Jump Scare. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.